3: We're talking about the new year today because it's a fresh year and we're going to start talking about your health with someone who's going to talk to us about how to be healthy. Although I think this person is going to tell you, you should be healthy all year long, no matter what. So we might feel a little guilty about this, but the point is that if we don't know how to take care of ourselves, which sometimes I think some of us fall into that category, that's why we have Rocco here. Rocco Castellano. Is here with us today. Trying, I'm trying to get that name right, and I'm like, man, this is really showing that I can't say Italian names. I guess.
4: Well, I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough Italian name, you know. So, it's a, uh, but you are absolutely right, Tudor. Um, I don't believe in a, in a New Year's resolutions. I think that uh, most people go out. And they have all these good and, you know, intentions, but, uh, intentions are not commitments. And when you don't commit to doing things that are hard, right? Because changing your lifestyle, you can't just wake up uh, one morning and go, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to start a new diet and I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to do it.
3: But that is what I do. So let me tell what? you the cycle of my year. <laughs> that is a hundred percent. I wake up on New Year's Day and I'm like, okay, here's the circle of the year. This is the part of the year where I take care of myself, and then I'm ready for summer. And then in toward the end of summer, I'm like, okay, now school's starting and a lot of stress is coming, and I have to get ready. I'm not going to get much sleep, so so now I can't take as good of care of myself, and then. October comes and I'm like, you know, the girls got all this candy. I'm going to have to help them eat it. And from October to December, I'm like, might as well give up because I'm going from Halloween candy to Thanksgiving to pie to Christmas to Christmas cookies. It's all over. So then I wake up again, New Year's Day the next year. And I'm like, now I get to have my like five to six months of taking care of myself. It's just a fact. I'm not going to lie. That's how it happens for me.
4: So, you know, first rule of being on media is to never embarrass the host or tell the <laughs> host that they're wrong or anything. I'm going to break like every single rule ever. That's but, fine.
3: I'm totally game.
4: That's break it to me. Absolutely. The wrong way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and what and what, but you know, there I'm going to go on a dive because most People have unrealistic goals. And when you have an unrealistic unre- an, uh, un- goal, you'll never meet it. You're, you're destined to fail. And although, now there's two pieces of the failure principle, right? You could fail forward and you learn from it, or you fail miserably and you keep repeating that same failure. And yes, you start October through guilt. December. Well, (laughs) what we want to do, though, is and what I do is very different than what other people uh, do, and so I'm going to tell you that a biohacking and all of this is actually hard work. Okay, and and we're conditioned as as Americans. to not do hard work. We wanna get as far away from discomfort as as humanly possible. We have air conditioning, we have heat, we have cars, we have things that you we know, have Ozempic. So many, well don't I want to talk about that.
3: It's <laughs> like want to don't jump even right start there. the crazy
4: stuff. <laughs> if you want to jump right in, I can jump right in. And that's but th- you know, we have Come to now, you know, like with we're, we're really are the fast food nation, right? And we're we're going into things where, well, I don't want to do that hard work. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm the I'm the a director of um, of a Spartan Athlete Services, right? And and Spartan the Spartan race is all about hard. It's all about difficulty. It's about overcoming so many. Uh, obstacles, literally and figuratively, right? And so, what well, uh, we always try, uh, like to teach people, is that you have to commit to the hard stuff. And I have to tell you, um, if you want to go that way with Ozempic, there we have eighty percent, nearly eighty percent of Americans are fat. They're and and they're not just fat. They're now, and what happened is there was a big flip that happened. So, 20 years ago, when I was training your in in laws, right? Um, we didn't really have to worry too much about sugar, You, you know, and and a sugar. So, in the 70s, we were only taking in about five pounds now. Five pounds of sugar sounds like a lot because in the 40s, we weren't taking in but ounces of of sugar. But in the 70s, we were taking in about five pounds of uh, sugar. In the 80s, that jumped. It doubled to 10 pounds of, of, of sugar. Wait, in year. what
3: period of time? A year?
4: No. So it doubled in a decade, right? But I mean, so how
3: went, how long did it take to consume five pounds? One year, okay, so okay,
4: it's one year, but you now that's
3: happening in a week now,
4: but now it's so and I want all the fact checkers out there to actually fact check this because it's so insane that that the average now average means eighty percent of Americans are taking in a hundred and fifty pounds of sugar a year. 150 pounds. And guess where they're getting it from, too. Where? From from soda, from, from mm. beverages, right? So they're consuming insane amounts of sugar, right? And it's actually, you know, although Starbucks is the largest drug dealer in the whole world, i don't blame them for all all the sugar consumption i blame uh you know a pepsi coke you know they own all the you know all the beverages (laughs) in the right i just think
3: that we drink that though and we don't think about i mean we don't think about that that has become a part of daily lives you go to now it's everybody's so busy we go to fast food we get uh pop with it. We go to we stop at Starbucks on the way back from dropping kids to school. I'm actually just confessing my own life right now and it's <laughs> freaking me
4: out. <laughs> you know that I'm not a priest, right? You realize that I'm a
3: priest. <laughs> you're learning way too much about me right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying.
4: Well so so we're taking in a hundred and fifty now back Back in the 70s, 80s, we didn't really care about sugar. You can have your coke. You can have your two slices of a pizza and a Coke. And it was all right. Because we were, we were all very active. My parents, mm. which they were absolute, I mean, I was literally raised by wolves. So it was a it was a very, very horrific childhood. But and we won't get into that, but I was literally thrown out of my house and said, "Go play." Right. Right. And yeah. Where, and that's where most of us—we rode bikes. We tried to kill ourselves on a regular <laughs> basis. Right. And so <laughs> true. But we, we're all, we're all about truth here, right? And when right. and the truth is very very hard nowadays. Though no one moves, and that's the biggest thing that I try to teach because. I'm always uh, talking about a reducing stress. We have to improve sleep, right? We have to absolutely look and watch our diet. And we don't, I do not want you to exercise. Not at all. I want you to move. I want you to mm. do activity. Because exercise winds up becoming Overtraining, you over-exercise, and you create more stress on your body, and you actually become ill from it. You hmm. you hurt yourself, you hurt your shoulder, you hurt your your low back. Because we're sedentary for a minimum of about eight hours, right? So we go to work, we're sitting down, like you're sitting down, I'm sitting down, right? For for a little bit, but Most people are sitting down for eight hours minimum. And then they sit in a car, commute home, they sit on a couch, they watch TV, they get up to get something to eat, and then they go back and they sit down on a couch. And this is every single day, every single day, every single day. And our bodies, God made us to work. Our hmm. bodies we have appendages, arms, legs and we have bigger legs so that we can walk, we can we can push, we can do things. We're actually mechanical beings, we're meant to do physical work. God said athlete, soldier, all these all these things, right? And he actually if you open the Bible, he gave us a diet to follow. Hmm. Two different types, but Basically, uh, when Jesus came into uh, the picture, right in the Old Testament, it's a it's a little crazy, but in the New Testament, uh, Jesus allowed us to eat food. But and what what mostly he said, or or he he most likely did was he was more of a pescatarian we call it you know fish and right you know well because he actually doubled fish and and made fish right and so um we we look at that more as as a mediterranean diet right but and when you go to any of the blue zones right if i i'm not sure if you know what other the no, I are, just
3: assume that that's like Democrat states, so you have to explain it. Well,
4: right, <laughs> <laughs> right. We, we should rename them red zones, right? Because uh, <laughs> no because, go. Well, because <laughs> as conservatives, as conservatives, we do. Want to conserve our our bodies and conserve things, right? Uh, but blue zones are are the five places in the world that have the most the most uh, a centenarians or people that live to be uh, a one hundred years old. And Interesting. The funny, thing, the funny thing about the blue zones is they're called the blue zones because the guy. Who 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 was doing other research used a blue pen, a blue sharpie to circle where they said the <centenary>. very technical, <laughs> yeah, very 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 scientific as as what we do here, you know, because a lot of, of things are based in science, a blue sharpie, but um, that was. That was so in those blue zones, there are certain things and there's some controversy around all of it. But, you know, y- you don't have to be this isn't perfect science either. You don't have to be, you know, the the epitome of, uh, of uh, you know, a perfection at all when you're trying to be healthy. Now, is it hard work? Yes, because you have to you have to separate the bs you know like the marketing bs i mean not just the lies that people tell too but it's it's more marketing that you know uh, about you know like food in general right mm-hmm. is it, is actually horrible everything that's out there even organic food has is nothing like the nutri the nutrition that's in food now What is less than one percent of what it was in the 70s?
3: Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast.
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
3: All of this, like what you're saying, when you said we used to go outside and just play and try to kill ourselves, I remember it wasn't just that. It was that your parents didn't coddle you. I remember going like we used to just go off on our bikes or our rollerblades and not see my parents all day long. And then I remember coming home one day. I had gone up to the 7-Eleven. I got a red slushy. I come home. I'm coming down the street. I hit this big pothole. I fly up in the air. I land on the ground. Oh. My friend runs and gets my mom. My mom comes up. She thinks that I'm bleeding to death, right? Because I have red slushy red all stuff. over me. She realizes it's red slushy, And she looks at me and she's like, why would you wear that outfit to go ride your
4: rollerblades? It's
3: like, you know, this is how little we a little attention we got in our generation and it made us better it made us better well
4: well it made us tougher it made us more more resilient and that's and i would love to do another segment about children and this because we need to be teaching kids resilience but because uh parents and, and also adults especially and you know uh millennials get beat up all the time, right? Because they're just they're just annoying people, right? But that's <laughs> that's besides the point. But you know, they get beat up because they they want all the all the little creature comforts. They don't want discomfort whatsoever. You know, they need things to be fast and, and done, and you know, and social media doesn't you know help in any bit. You know, no.
3: I, what a nightmare. I've
4: listened to so so many of your podcasts, and I gotta tell you, um one thing is uh is you and Callie Means. I ha- I have a little point <laughs> to make with you guys. You guys were abs gave absolutely too much grace to parents and adults because <laughs> I I would have been vicious and <laughs> i am vicious. all right well so be
3: vicious tell us
4: because because it is parents fault it, it, the parents of today need to do research they need to to work hard they can't be uh, complacent and believe that doctors are going to give them good good guidance the doctors today don't give any good guidance Very, very rarely when it comes to actual health, they're just taking care of the symptoms and they're not creating health and they definitely don't want to optimize uh, the health.
3: No, they're sick care. I mean, you're only going to the doctor once you're sick, right? So they are just giving you sick care. They're not going to tell you. I mean, even when my dad had cancer, he went to doctor after doctor and said, what should my diet be? And they're like, well, what do you mean? Right. No one could tell
4: you. Well, and we do, we do tell you, okay, I tell you exactly what you need to not feed cancer. Because most, well, no, all sicknesses, if you can, if we just boil it all the way down, all sicknesses are one disease. And that's it. Cancer, heart disease, dementia, all of it is only one disease. And that's it. And, and uh, Callie had kind of touched on it but he didn't go all the way and that's that's what we call a cellular dis, well a cellular a dysfunction right and cellular a dysfunction is what causes every disease out there every single one okay so and there's only two ways that you create cellular dysfunction and only two and that's 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 a toxicity and also a deficiency. So if you can just look at the the toxicity, what is creating, what toxins or what are you doing that brings in those toxins? And then if you're deficient in, in things, because almost everyone is literally deficient in America in a vitamin D, in vitamin D3, And and doctors just go well. You should be taking vitamin D three, right? And then and then it's like no, you can't just say that because if you don't take D three with, uh, without uh without a magnesium and also vitamin K, you will have a disruption with osteoporosis. You'll have arthral sclerosis. Where there's calcium um, in the in your vascular system in your arteries, right? So if you're not if you're just spouting stuff, and that's what these people do they just they just spout stuff, and they don't know where where it begins and where it it ends, and that's what drives a, you know like biohackers like me crazy, right? And biohacking in general, uh, you know. I became uh, popularized by uh, the likes of uh, Tony Robbins, uh, Ben Greenfield, and well, and uh, Dave Asprey is basically uh, the godfather of, of, of biohacking. He has a, a huge conference every year called the Biohacking Conference. So he, and all biohacking basically is, is we're hacking your biology, Right? We're optimizing That's
3: just it. We're just hacking here. Your... I mean, you say it like it's so easy, but I have no idea what you mean. How do you do
4: this? Right. Well, and that's the thing is that that's why I'm so glad you had me on because biohacking is a very important tool. We we use a technology, a techniques, tools and also a molecules to optimize our health. Now, the caveat to that is, that is that no one wants to be healthy. Like that's the crazy thing. No one wants to be healthy. They just don't want to be sick. Right? So that's that's the reason why the pharmaceutical industry is, is so enamored by giving us all these things that placate us into submission. Okay, well, I'm all right. I'll be okay. Now Getting back to biohacking, we use a lot. Diet, diet, your diet is a biohacking tool. And then we have. Does that uh, include Chick-fil-A?
3: No, no, it doesn't. (laughs) You would hate to be my neighbor. You would, and, yeah. you would and, hate uh, to be my neighbor. Let's face let's,
4: it. <laughs> oh no, because I would be, I, I would be <laughs> the most embarrassing person next to you. My my children, my children are uh, are the toughest kids in, in in the country right now because they're six and they're eight, right? And I. And they do Spartan races, right? And oh, they, wow. And they do cold plunging. I feel like so I'm really treating my
3: kids poorly now. I'm like, what they thing.
4: <laughs> what was
3: that? I said, I feel like I'm really treating my kids wrong now because they're not running Spartan races.
4: Well, no, no, no. I, I mean, you know, it, you have to kind of ease them. And you can ease them into anything, right? Because, um, but my, my kids are all... All of them, and my wife, uh, we do cold plunge every morning. We wake up, and we go in the tub. <laughs> now, I do 37 degrees at about 11 minutes. My kids do 55, and my wife does 55. Now, that that takes a lot of, let's say, gall. Okay? That takes a lot of... <laughs> um, I'm
3: like, I'm lucky to make sure that they are getting dressed and getting shoes on in the morning. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast.
0: and what's next listen to nba dna with hannah store on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
1: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals
3: What am I doing wrong in my life? And that also sounds like my own personal health. Someone waking me up and plunging me into cold water.
4: Well, it is. <laughs> no, it absolutely is. It's not. But, this, but why? Not.
3: What happens to me if I do that?
4: Okay. So, so cold plunge is beautiful. It's it's not, you know, everybody t- talks about uh, like cryotherapy. Cryotherapy is like the baby's version of uh, doing cold, you know, you know, exposing yourself to cold, cold plunge, right? Uh, uh Wim Hof has made this famous. He's, he's a, uh, a Norwegian that, uh, that has taught people about breathing and about uh, cold plunge. But when you go, when you go in that water, right? Cold. Now, I used to come up to Michigan because I used to play, uh, um, I used to, I uh, train all of the Miss Michigan uh, USA uh, girls, right? I used to train them for to go to a Miss uh, Miss uh, USA. But while I was in Michigan, I would jump in the lake, like literally, I would go jump in the lake in the winter time, right? That Just is
3: crazy. To...
4: Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Regularly, but, like it was someone there to pull you out. I mean, I just don't even understand. It seems terrible.
4: Well, it, it is in the beginning, and the thought <laughs> of it, everyone fears cold. Okay. But yes, yes, on,
3: that is exactly right. I fear it.
4: There you go. But don't. When you go, when you do it, right, and don't do it at 37 because that's asinine. That's absolutely asinine. I do it at 37 because I started. I I started at fifty seven, like Tony Robbins does, and then I went. Th- and then I heard that Joe Rogan was was doing it at at thirty seven. Like that's a dude I was like, thing, right
3: there. It's like oh, Joe Rogan's doing it; I'm doing it.
4: Right, but well, that's <laughs> at thirty four. Sure, whatever. And, <laughs> and and it was it was horrific. I I'm not gonna tell you that it was the happiest time of my life. But when I got in, when I got in, I I was like, I just breathed. Wim Hof says breathe. And that's what I did. I was, right? And I mean, I was letting out some big, big breaths. And what was happening was, and what that does, and, and the secret behind it, I, and this is what I love about it, is that it takes you from your you're sympathetic, a nervous system where you fight or flight because your body and your brain is absolutely telling you to get the hell out of that water.
3: Yeah, I'm on it's, flight at this moment.
4: Right, I, the, I'm actually
3: ready to run away from you right now. <laughs>
4: of it. <laughs> most people are. Most people do, you know, don't like, because I bring... I put their face in front of a mirror and you realize you're not doing everything that you possibly can. Oh, I
3: know. When you said you, uh, Callie and I were giving parents too much grace, I'm like, yes, I was giving myself grace. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, I was. (laughs) Yeah, well,
4: you know, I believe that parents should should uh, should be challenging their children every single day. Get rid of the video games. My kids will never see a video game. I mean, like they they see them, they'll witness them, but they'll never play. And uh, and we go for walks. We do cold plunge. We go for walks. We go for runs. We do all these. And what does
3: the cold plunge do? What happens to you? Like, why does why does that why is that a good thing?
4: So it takes you from uh, sympathetic to parasympathetic, right? And and it. It actually gives you a dopamine rush. So it actually, it calms you down. Once you get calm in your quiet, right? That's what I call it. Calm in, in your quiet. You can overcome everything. Once you do cold plunge, you realize that there is nothing in the world that is going to, that you can't do. Nothing. And you realize, you know what? I'm great here. I'm good here, right? And you do it for for three minutes. You do it for six minutes. I do it for for eleven minutes, and I want it to be colder now. And you try, because now you're you're seeing how tough, how difficult, uh, things are, and then. And you can do it the opposite way too. So now uh, what cold plunge does is it gives uh, the dopamine rush, but also it converts white fat to brown fat, right? And that's where the weight loss and the health piece uh, uh, comes in. And and it uh, reduces inflammation. So if you eat, you know, garbage foods, you can start by <laughs> reducing <laughs> inflammation.
3: <laughs> Who me?
4: I see Tudor rolling her eyes and
3: <laughs> I know. I'm like, great. Now I'm gonna have to figure out what I'm doing for lunch. It's gonna have to be better than what I had planned.
4: Well so well, you know, and I always say do do it slow. Now I do something that's a little bit it's hard for some people, but it's really Easy for me, and with the diet i I'm going to get into a, a more diet, but uh time time a restricted eating, intermittent fasting, some people call it, is a much, much better way to do like the Mediterranean diet.
3: Thank you, Rocco Castellano. We have much more to get to, but we're going to continue this episode on our next podcast. Thank you all for joining me on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. For this episode and others, go to tutordixonpodcast.com. You can sub- subscribe right there or go to iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And join me next time on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. Have a blessed day.
0: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever,